0: Welcome in. Good to have you. Hour number two of the Bill Michaels Show. Welcome to everybody on the network. Appreciate you being here. Packers getting ready to go to take on the Washington Commanders just a third time. Packers are playing three straight games on the road. The first game between Green Bay and Washington took place in 1932, by the way. I don't know if that means anything to you. I don't even know. if Most of you probably weren't even alive then. I know I wasn't. So who cares? <laughs> but there you have it. Uh, let's do this. Let's bring in Mark Schofield, uh, our buddy from SB Nation, joining us uh, on the hotline. Mark, how you doing,
1: pal? I'm doing well, Bill. How are you doing today, buddy?
0: I am good. Uh, you tell me, outside looking in, what you make of this Packers, uh, t- we'll just say team in general at this point.
1: Yeah, I mean, I-, I think at this point you have to say it's time to hit that old panic button. And it's it's both sides of the ball, really. And you look at that game against New York, you know, struggles to finish drives, struggles to maintain drives, struggles to generate explosive plays. And then you look on the defensive side of the ball, struggle to get off the field, struggle to stop a, a Jets offense. And you know, with respect to that game, I think that Jets defense obviously has some talented players. Sauce Gardner is emerging as an elite level corner already, just through six weeks of his NFL career. So you might anticipate some struggles on offense, but. You know, when you're on defense against Zach Wilson and company, you're not expecting that offense to put up points. You're, not, you're expecting that defense to sort of carry the day. And that's the theme going into this year that you and I talked about even in the summer was if it takes this offense time to figure things out, if it takes time for Rodgers to get on the same page with these new receivers, these rookie receivers, this is a defense that's going to be able to get stops, gives them sh- some short fields, give them opportunities to, instead of needing to put together a 12-play drive, it's just, hey, we got you the ball midfield. You're almost in field goal range now. You can get some points that way. That this defense was going to be able to sort of carry the weight. And that hasn't happened. And so I think you look around and it's, yeah, it's, it's probably panic time. Now, the saving grace might be it's not Halloween, so it's still early. You get a Washington team this week that we all know what's going on in Washington right now. And the NFC at large doesn't look to be all that great anyway. So there's time to figure things out. But yeah, it's some. Some
0: changes need to be made here. The uh, the pat you talk about the Packers defense. I want to start there. Their their ability to stop. They're on their twenty sixth in the National Football League right now. Twenty sixth worst, and they've given up seven rushing touchdowns so far this season what do, I mean, this was supposed to be a defensive front that was fortified picking up Jeron reed and obviously kenny clark and filling the bill with the linebacking core. quay walker is not a run stuffer by any stretch of the imagination and i understand that but is it just as simply a, as simple as saying quay walker's not filling the bill
1: i mean i think that's part of it i, I think you know In this world we're living in, teams are finding more and more effective ways to run the football as defenses lead into the two deep safety looks. And you're seeing teams across the league find ways to generate yardage on the ground. But where the Packers are right now, that's a problem. You know, if you're sort of bottom of the barrel when it comes to stopping the run, you're going to see teams run the football until you can sort of figure it out. I think. You know, Walker is certainly part of that. I think what teams are doing on the interior, getting some push, getting some doubles on the inside, you know, you need other players to sort of step up. You need linebackers. You know, if you're kept clean because of a double team at the point of attack on the defensive line and you're clean as a linebacker, you've got to find a way to make plays. And so I think that's something that I'm going to be watching from this Packers defense going forward is, you know, can they get linebackers and those second level defenders to stop the run? Because, Look at around the league, generally, the last thing you want to do is really lead into single-high coverages to bring that safety down because you're so afraid of stopping the run right now. You can't do it with the front you have. That's when deep offenses are going to take to the air. That's the sort of push and pull we've talked about. If you want to stay in too high, you've got to be able to stop the run. And If you can't stop the run that way and you start spinning that safety down almost exclusively playing single-high, that's when teams are going to attack you deep along the outside.
0: It's amazing because the completion percentage against the Packers defense is over 70%, albeit they've given up the least amount of yards through the air over every defensive team so they're number one against yards they've only given up four touchdowns but they only have one pick one turnover but quarterbacks are completing 70 percent of the the passes against them meanwhile their run defense they're 25th they've given up seven touchdowns on the ground they're 22nd in yards per carry at 4.9 and they're 26th in overall yards it basically if you're going to win just run the ball against them and they can't stop you right yeah
1: and you know that gets us to the tension right because you're giving up you know, when you're in too high, you might be giving us some stuff underneath, but you'll take that and prevent the explosive plays. But if what happens is quarterbacks are going to hit for, you know, 70% of their throws because they're attacking you in the soft spots underneath, and then they're having that kind of success run in the football, you know, you add those two things together, and it's not hard to see where your response might be if you're defensive coordinator. It's, well, we can't stop the run of these light boxes. We're going to start crowding the box, also constrict some of those throwing lanes, which – might take that away, but then you might start giving up those plays deeper downfield in the passing game. Like That's the sort of tension that's that's happening right now with this Packers defense, and that's what they have to figure out. Are they going to continue to sort of eliminate explosive plays but give up the stuff underneath them in the run game, or are they going to start forcing the issue near a lot of scrimmage, perhaps exposing them to, to deeper plays downfield and more explosive plays downfield?
0: Is the offensive line the problem? I mean the the ability to open holes, the ability to because it used to be one of the best pass blocking offensive lines in football, and we have seen just a bums rush on Aaron Rodgers over the last couple of weeks against two teams from New York. Uh, is it just as simple as saying the offensive line needs to give him more time and open up holes?
1: I mean I certainly think that's part of it. You know, you look at you know what this offensive line has done so far. You look at you know whether it's pass block win rate or things like that. It's an offensive line that hasn't been great, and Rodgers is pressured as a result. And while Aaron Rodgers is still a very, very talented quarterback, when you're constantly being pressured, you know, eventually it's going to sort of catch up with you. I sort of uh, sometimes uh, allude to, you know, those body blows that a boxer faces. Like, yeah, you might be able to shr- shrug the first couple of off in, in the open rounds, but they sort of add up over time. They start taking their toll. And when you look at Rodgers right now, you know, one pressure this year, one touchdown, one interception, A uh, adjusted caprician percentage of 68.4, which is kind of middle of the pack in the NFL right now. You know, with Aaron Rodgers and the talent he has, you'd like to see those numbers a little bit higher. That pressure is starting to sort of add up. But, you know, that's perhaps the main headline with the offense. And I think a subset to that is can they generate explosive plays without RPOs, without some of the two back packages that they've used? Can they find different ways to do it? Uh, my colleague over at ESPN J.P. Acosta, wrote a great piece about the Packers and the Bucs and whether we should be worried about those two teams. And one of the things he said is, look, this offense right now feels like Miami's last year, which, as we all know, heavy RPO, you know, was all schemed up of when it was just sort of a straight drop back, trying to create explosive plays downfield. That's when it sputtered. You get that same feeling right now watching this Packers offense. We get into the RPOs and some of the two-back pony package looks. That's created some opportunities. But when they just go straight drop back, it's not quite there. And so, you know, do they lean into that stuff more? Do they just try to fix this by scheme? Do they fix it the offensive line? How do they answer that question in the weeks ahead?
0: Talking Mark Schofield, SB Nation. You can find him at Mark Schofield over on Twitter as well. The uh, the contenders and pretenders in the NFC. We know Philadelphia six and one, very good. The Giants at five and one. Do you still do you believe in that five and one record?
1: I, Bill, I think it's a little bit thin because. Through six weeks, they play teams with a combined record right now of 16 and 19. They get Jacksonville and Seattle the next two weeks. Teams with a combined five and seven record, and so up and through their bye, which is you know three weeks from now, they'll play teams that are combined 21 and 26. And so the record, yeah, five wins, so they could be seven and one headed into their bye. That's great. After their bye, though, they get Philly twice. They get Dallas, who's currently four and two. They get Minnesota, who's sitting there at five and one. So the records of the teams that they play after the bye, at least right now, is 30-20-2. So it's going to be a completely different situation for them coming out of this bye week. And so I'm sort of reserving judgment on the Giants. I think a lot of what they've done to date is take advantage of this part of their schedule. If we get into, say, November out of their bye towards Thanksgiving and they're still winning games, then I think it's time to believe. But I want to see it against you know more difficult competition than what they've faced so far.
0: Then you got the Cowboys and uh, Cooper Rush, I thought, you know, for all the discussion about whether or not there'd be a quarterback controversy, put that aside. I think he did a fantastic job to keep him at four and two. If you would have said if Dak Prescott went down a week one and he was going to be four and one overall, I think you'd have taken that, right?
1: Absolutely. I think if you're a Cowboys fan, you would have taken that in a heartbeat. and. You know, I know Jerry Jones got a lot of pushback when he said, you know, hey, I'd love to have sort of a quarterback competition discussion when Dak's healthy because of the way Cooper Rush has played. But I think what he said is right in the sense that the fact that Cooper Rush, you know, 4-1 while he was the starting quarterback, that let them be patient with Dak Prescott. They could take their time, bring them back. They didn't have to rush him back. They could let him get to 100% or as close to it as possible, which is huge because, as we saw last year with Russell Wilson, he had you know the hand injury. They rushed him back quickly. And he took him like three, four weeks before you could tell that it wasn't bothering him anymore. Rush's performance was exactly what the Cowboys needed. They could be patient with Dak. You know, yes, they lost Monday night, and like you said, you know, any sort of idea that this was a true quarterback controversy probably got put to bed around, you know, nine thirty on the East Coast that night. But I think beyond that, though, it gave them the time to let Dak heal, stay afloat. And now look, you, with that defense, you get a healthy Dak. Wouldn't surprise me to see Dallas put together a little run?
0: Uh, are the Minnesota Vikings for real?
1: I I'm still hesitant. I'm still very hesitant though and I know I've been hesitant saying the Vikings are real. Basically all summer long through the start of the season I sat down this week with every intention of writing, the, "Hey, it's time to take the Vikings for real peace. I was studying their offense and I just I just couldn't piece it together because I couldn't quite believe myself that oh, there's something here. You look at some struggles on offense in the second half of games, struggles on offense against the Dolphins, you know, after they got out to that lead. It's a situation where Similar to the Giants, in a sense, I think some of what they've done is a reflection on who they've played. Um, I think there's talent there, but I want to see this sustained beyond the first six weeks of the season. So I'm not there yet with Minnesota. I know there are people that are that are there with Minnesota, but I'm still not buying.
0: The other teams that are 3-3, three and three, the Buccaneers, the Falcons, the 49ers, the Rams, the Seahawks, who's real?
1: <laughs> I, I don't know if any of them are real. I, I really don't. I mean, I think the team that probably has the best chance to be real is, is Tampa Bay, just because, you know, I, I still, it's hard for me to count out Tom Brady. You know, I know that team has sort of been up and down. They're three and three. There's struggles on offense. But then you still had some throws Sunday where it's like, yeah, this is Tom Brady. He's still so good at what he does. Yes, they lost to Pittsburgh in a game that I don't think anybody picked you know, when they were making their picks going into this weekend. But it's hard for me to count that team out. Atlanta's interested because they're doing it largely via the ground game. How sustainable is that over the next couple of weeks of the season? Teams are eventually going to start figuring out what they do on the ground. And I don't think Marcus Mariota at the point is where he can sort of throw that team to victory if he needs to. I feel a similar way about San Francisco. We know what they are and what they are not. We know what Jimmy Garoppolo is and is not. And so the the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, out of that cluster of three and three teams, are the team that I still believe in the most.
0: Great stuff as always. I appreciate it real quick. Best team in the AFC. Is it still between the Bills and the uh, the Chiefs, or is there another team there that you would say, okay, that team's going to be in the mix as well?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's still between those two teams. Those two teams look sort of light years ahead of everybody. i got some questions about Baltimore right now and finishing games. You know, maybe keep an eye on New England. It seems like they're figuring some things out out in New England. Uh, they've been doing it the past couple of weeks with a third-string, you know, rookie quarterback. But Buffalo and Kansas City, they still look like the two best teams in that, in that conference.
0: Great stuff, Mark. I appreciate it. We'll talk again next week, okay? Sounds
1: great, Bill. Thanks so much. Have a great day. Th-
0: Thanks, pal. Appreciate it. There you go. Mark Schofield, SB Nation. That's where you can read his stuff, good stuff from him. And a great breakdown of the Packers. It just, he's right, man. There's there, there's, there's no question. The statistics don't lie. And I know they always say statistics are for losers, but they can't. The, the Packers are woeful at stopping the run right now. And their defensive prowess when it comes to the secondary is good, They're not giving up a ton of yards, but still completion percentage is high. Why? Because the underneath passing routes are wide open on a consistent basis. That's the reason the completion – they're still one of the best in the league at at not giving up a ton of yardage. They're number one. But quarterbacks are still completing 70% or better against them because everything underneath is open. And they're being able to – they're not playing any press man. That's an indicator of that. So the defense – on its heels, on its heels, on its heels, gets off the, 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 the field for a majority of the game. And then when it counts the most, all of a sudden they don't flip the switch to be able to go play press man and get up in anybody's face. They just don't do it. So they play on their heels. They try to keep everything in front of them. We see teams go down, figure it out, chunk away, and score. And the offense doesn't have the ability to come back. They don't have that two-minute ability. We have not seen a two-minute drive out of this team yet that's worth a damn. Which is exactly what I thought it was going to be the problem at, was going to be problematic going into this season. 877 867 1670. 867 1670. Stay tuned. We got more of the Bill Michael Show. It's coming up next.
1: This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. <laughs>
0: Welcome one welcome all. Good to have you. Phil Michael's show. We continue on this portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Quick Trip. Love Quick Trip. Going to be stopping there today, as a matter of fact, on my way out to uh, Joe Mama's because uh, I got to get some gas. I was uh, going dropping some stuff off at the post office this morning and noticed I needed it, so I'll be picking that up later today. However, you can get registered for the opening drive contest and the uh, Packers opening drive game sweepstakes. Uh, if you will quick trip proud sponsor of Packers football if your name is chosen one lucky winner each week for the Packers opening drive will be chosen and then for every yard garnered on the Packers opening drive you get ten dollars in a gift card not a bad way to go and if they score you get up to 500 bucks additional so you're hoping for the Packers to go down drive it right down put it in the end zone and be good to go that's all from our friends at Quick Trip, proud Packer supporter. And if you're going to be doing some tailgating, if you're going to be picking up things quickly like butter, bread, eggs, milk, you name it, they've got it. Good stuff over there at Quick Trip. And uh, there is nothing that uh, I could want in my life that they don't have. I love it. I love our friends at Quick Trip. Appreciate it very much. Uh, let's do this. Let's bring in our buddy Mike Renner from Pro Football Focus. Interesting piece on Aaron Rodgers and whether or not this offensive uh, unit for the Green Bay Packers pushing a panic button. Mike, how you
2: doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me back on.
0: Absolutely. So uh, you, I guess we're pushing the panic button at this point in time because I don't see Devontae walking through that
2: door anytime soon. Yeah, I, I don't think it's a panic button on the whole season, but I do think it's a panic button on this offense, right? I, I do think that the offense that we've come to know in the Brett Favre of Aaron Rodgers era – I just don't think it's going to be walking through that door. And it's kind of a twofold thing. It's one, the talent. I mean, this is, a, I think, pretty objectively, the worst group of receivers they've had since, you know, that I can remember. Since <laughs> the 90s, maybe. You know, it's just, it's not a good collection of talent there that they have at the receiver position. And then two, it's kind of the way the game's gone. Um, the way defenses are now playing these, you know, elite quarterbacks in the NFL, the rise of these two, this two high stuff, the cover four. The quarters' coverages, the cover six, the quarter-quarter half stuff that really put the cap really makes you be perfect in the passing game, and it's hard to be perfect when you don't have when you have one, two rookies, you know, as two of your main targets, uh, and two just not talent that's winning consistently at the receiver position. So I think that uh, was the gist of the article and why I am you know worried about the Packers' offense.
0: Let's start with the offensive line. They got dump trucked on Sunday, and I don't know if it's just people playing out of position. We've been thinking about Elton Jenkins being a better guard than a tackle, David Bakhtiari being eased back into the situation. Uh, We saw John Runyon, Royce Newman. I mean, numerous guys that got pushed around. Is it just as simple as saying if you give Aaron Rodgers more time, more guys are going to get open?
2: I I don't think it is because, I mean, honestly – that was the worst, obviously, the offensive lines looked all season, but it, that hasn't been, if you look at their sort of pass blocking compared to the rest of the league, they're still a top 10 graded pass blocking off the line for the PFF grades. Like, they, the rest of the games, they were fine, and it, they still weren't 200 points, you know? So, like, that was right. kind of a one off. I, I am worried, you know, about the offensive line, but I do think they have answers, right? I, I do think if they kick Elton Jenkins in the guard, you can get Yash and Iman on the field and sort of alleviate some of the issues that have been. Uh, plaguing them. Like, this is still a good offensive line. That more was to me just an anomaly.
0: Is it partially play calling? The fact that they are not utilizing the weapon that is Aaron Jones. I mean, only three carries in the first half of that game, I, I, it leaves you scratching your head, doesn't it?
2: Yeah, that one was weird. I, I thought he was better suited to attack this Jeff defense than AJ Dillon was, but then obviously the featuring Dillon heavily in that game. That one's head scratching. I will say it is worrisome whenever there, there is what seems like this week a difference of opinion between quarterback and play caller, um, whether it's the use of motion, tempo, whatever it is Aaron Rodgers wants to use. Uh, that is always worse, I mean, it, you know, because you got to be on the same page throwing an offense cohesively. And I think it's very indicative of their struggles. It's just too many guys not on the same page, too many, you know, sort of missed opportunities just right off the tip of guys' hands and that sort of thing that, yeah, it'll start to bounce maybe their way at some point this season. Some of it will get cleaned up. But it better be soon because right now they're digging themselves a hole.
0: They don't have a guy that can take the lid off of a defense. Uh, That guy is not here right now, and he's not, I don't think, anytime soon walking through that door unless Christian Watson all of a sudden gets it and the light bulb snaps. But uh, So can they survive and can they win, like you said, with motion, running the ball a little bit, quick outs, tight end? receiving, moving the sticks, can they consistently win that way and put up more points per game?
2: Well, to consistently win that way, and I was saying it's the beginning of the season, the defense has to be a top-five defense. You know, ball control, run game heavy, only works if you have the defense on the other side that can stop ball control offenses. You know, that can force teams into passing situations on the other side of the ball. Um, and right as of right now, like they just don't have that. Their run defense has been a sieve, so That's the worst of things. Like, this could have worked. It could have all been cohesive and led to a lot of wins. It can lead to that. But just the defense better be dominant. And they're just a little behind probably what a lot of people expected in terms of performance so far this season. As far as offensive turnaround, like, yeah, I could see this ending up an average offense by the end of the season. But if you just objectively look at their talent level compared to the rest of the league, it doesn't look like the top ten offense. You know, top ten offenses don't have – one receiver better than what the Packers are throwing out. They got multiple guys that are better than, you know, Alan Lazard, who's the de facto number one in Green Bay. So that to me is the biggest problem still facing this team. And yeah, I believe in Aaron Rodgers to change things around, turn things around, play better than he has of late, but I don't think it's ever gonna look like M V P Aaron Rodgers.
0: So I, I want to go to something you said about the ability to stop the run. This year they bring in Jerron reed TJ Slayton's a big three hundred and twenty plus pound body Devontae Wyatt was supposed to fortify the defensive front. Kenny Clark has been a, a pro bowler. Dean Lowry, he's on again, off again at best. This was supposed to be a better team at stuffing the run. What do you see as the problem and the inability for this team to be better up front?
2: Well, One, they're kind of thin along the D-line, especially at edge in terms of guys getting on the field that you'd like to play the run. So you're playing Kenny Clark a ton of snaps. Right? He, he, you rather him not have that massive a workload. He's just gonna be fresher and be better in the run game if he doesn't have to play that many snaps uh that he's played so far this season. And then after that, I mean a rookie at the second level, Clay Walker's been has been a liability. You know, he's been sticky, you know, offensive of linemen get their hands on him any way they want to at the second level. So that's not good when you when you think about that they're trying to stop the run with light boxes that's the way the world in the NFL today. You better have linebackers that diagnose and can see things uh, quickly, So they just got to try something else. I think the talent's there, they just can't play this hold your gap, try to play two gaps. They got to get a little more aggressive in the run game, get guys coming downhill a little bit more, try to get some negative plays as opposed to this kind of bend, don't break from the run game that is consistently broken that we've seen
0: yeah and see that's exactly what i was saying when you look at the completion percentage of quarterbacks throwing 70 plus percent at them but then again defensively speaking and and, uh, yardage wise they have the least amount of yards given up via the pass but on the other hand the quarterbacks are completing passes against them and they're moving the chains The, the whole thing about not pressing playing this soft zone playing back it's kept the defense on the field in my opinion is that right
2: i do think so and it's it's kind of you can play that way if you know you can stop the run. You know, you can allow four or five-yard completions if you know that that next run is only going to go for one or two yards. Well, the thing is they're giving up these five, six-yard completions and then the run's going for five, or six yards, and then they're doing it again, and it's like you're beating your head into a wall because it's the same story, different game sort of thing. So uh, that's probably the most frustrating thing is that the lack of change is the lack of – and obviously they didn't lose this Jets game because of their pass defense, but the lack of uh, anything different trying to play this run they're trying to stylistically when obviously the results aren't there with whatever style they're trying right
0: now talking with mike renner pro football focus at pff underscore mike is where you can find him uh, let's go back to the offense for a minute um aaron jones a.j dylan a.j dylan not racking up the yardage the way you might think he would uh but aaron jones still their best weapon is is i i know they ran a lot of two back sets early on and it seems like they've kind of gotten away from that and then the success of continuously running shotgun seems to be decreasing. Uh, so far this season, they've run 191 plays under shotgun or out of shotgun, and only 35 under center. Is that problematic as well?
2: I, I mean, that's kind of that's what Aaron Rodgers has to do to do a lot of the stuff he does at the line of scrimmage, right? With the uh, quick passes, the RPOs, the wide receiver screens that they lead the league in right now in terms of wide receiver screens, I believe that they're just throwing a ton of quick game to try to alleviate the fact that, you know, they can't really, they don't have any semblance of a downfield passing game. So under center versus shotgun, I'm not sure you're ever going to see them go back to any under center roots. I just think the game's not trending that way. Uh, And and again, like a lot of the passing game is predicated on shotgun stuff. So this is kind of what they've been doing in years past. And it just looks a lot different when you don't have the one guy that defenses have to worry about. It's probably the biggest thing is the biggest difference.
0: Is there a guy out there, because there's been a lot of talk about trades, is there a guy out there that you think would make sense and really help this team?
2: Chase Claypool is the one that's gotten floated around the Pittsburgh Steelers wide receiver, and I can't help but think that that's probably the one guy that I would point to as well. Um, just from a speed perspective, low 4-4s, four big-bodied wide receiver. Obviously, Rodgers is... Uh, has loved that over the course of his career, guys with big catch rates, the back shoulder stuff. Claypool can do all of that. So he immediately gives you a downfield threat, immediately gives you another big body uh, for the red zone and stuff like that that Rodgers has been so successful with. So I, I don't think there's, you know, it's always difficult to add a guy mid-season. But if, you know, you're the Packers situation, where you're at with Rodgers' deal right now with, you know, After he retires, it's basically over from a cap perspective because he's still going to count so much in your cap. You got to move some chips to the table. You know, you got to maximize this window. So, I know they've never done it in years past, but would not surprise me if that changes here uh, at the deadline.
0: Is there a value that you believe Chase Claypool would pull in?
2: I don't think the Steelers would ask for too much. Right? They're so bereft of young talent at the moment. They obviously realize they're not going anywhere this year. Uh, and they have a stacked wide receiver room now with the addition of George Pickens and with Deontay Johnson getting a new contract to where that's an expendable piece. So first round pick, I don't think it's going to take. I think it'd probably be a second and a fourth, maybe something in that range uh, for a guy like Chase Claypool, who, you know, hasn't had a thousand yard season, but obviously wasn't working in the most high level passing offense last year. So still young, still a year left on his deal after this to where uh, I think that probably is where he ends up or would end up getting moved for.
0: Great stuff as always, man. Mike, I appreciate it. And we'll talk again real soon, okay?
2: For sure, Bill. Thanks so much for having me on. Have a good
0: Thanks. One. so Absolutely. Thanks so much. There you go. Mike Renner, Pro Football Focus. Good stuff from him. So Chase Claypool uh, would be the guy that uh, maybe would draw some interest. I just retweeted it that uh, that apparently there is that uh, that multiple NFL executives believe that the Steelers are willing to trade Chase Claypool. Um so we'll wait and see if that actually materializes, or if there is something else out there. Uh, but I let me say this, um, and and you tell me if your thinking is correct along mine or not. Okay, if you make a deal, if you make a deal, it is for a real wide receiver. And I'm not talking about some second-level guy that's better than what you have but still not a number one. You know what I mean? It's for a real wide receiver. So when you get Sammy Watkins back, when you get Christian Watson back, when you get Randall Cobb back, you've got three or four names of ilk that you would have to pay attention to if you're a defensive coordinator. Sammy Sammy Watkins better as a two than he is a one. Randall Cobb better as a three than he is a one or two. Better than a slot. Better than a breakdown. Romeo Dubs, Christian Watson, they're still both learning. But if you can put a guy alongside Watkins and then opposite, say, Christian Watson, who can get downfield with that take-the-lid-off type of speed and work it in to where eh, you don't have a ton of trust, but at least you got some ability to take shots, you gotta find that guy. Don't give me another. And no offense, but don't give me another Sammy Watkins. Don't. That's not going all in. That's that's putting a band aid on a. You 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 gotta go all in. Otherwise, what are you doing? I don't even know if you have the ability to money wise to do it. But otherwise, what are you doing? Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. This portion of the program brought to you by our friends at Epoxy Flooring, done right. Wisconsin Home and Business Owners, Epoxy Flooring Coating Services, they got it at reasonable prices. Top quality workmanship. I just saw some of Sean's work over on the Facebook fan page as well. Colors, finishes, they can even paint the room that you're in. Uh, They're located right here in the state, too, which means a lot of these companies that have been coming in from out of state that do it, the work isn't nearly as good, and when you go to get them to fix it, they're nowhere to be found because they're not in this state. You can't even go after them legally. You know what I mean? It takes you a lot of time and money to do it. So get a guy from right here in Wisconsin. That's our buddy, Sean. com. Call him uh, 262-443-2852. From Green Bay to Milwaukee to Madison, everywhere in between. Epoxyflooringduneright.com. That's epoxyflooringduneright.com or call him 262-443-2852. More of the Bill Michael Show coming up next.
1: Ready. this is the bill michaels show on the wisconsin sports zone radio network the bill michaels show podcast listen rate subscribe